From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, the bird is freed. Yeah, we're talking. Twitter is now owned by Elon Musk. We're going to talk about that and our week's top stories coming up on the Decrypt Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, October 28th, 2022. The time is 10.15 a.m. Eastern Day Savings Time. I'm getting straight into those crypto prices because I think we might have a long show today. It's really hard to gauge the show and how long it's going to be before you start it. But I'm looking at my notes and saying, hey, there's quite a bit of stuff to talk about. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. We have Bitcoin in the number one spot at $20,365, down 1.3% in 24, still up 7.4% in 7. Ethereum's number two at $1,530, down 1.9% in 24, still up 19% in 7. Tether's number three, Binance is at 291, up 1% in 24, and USDC's number five, rounding off the top 10. XRP, BUSD, Cardano, Solana, Doge. Doge is sitting at 8.3 cents, it's up 7.8% in 24 hours, up 41% in 7. And I, I must admit that I bought some Doge this morning. <laughs> I woke up and I was just like, hey, you know what? I bought $2,000 worth of Doge uh, at like 36 cents on Robinhood. I don't really care about hodling Doge. You know, my keys, my coins, it's fucking Doge, right? So I, I bought that Doge. I've been hodling it, waiting for it to go up to 36 cents. And I was like, you know what? Twitter, Elon Musk, Doge, there might be some hype. Let me dollar cost average. So I dollar cost average down. I bought some dollars yesterday. I know, total degen move, but I did. Did you? Let me know. Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co. Moving into our weekend review, we're going to start with Monday as we should, and because I want to get straight through this, so I can start talking about Twitter. On Monday, we heard that Bitcoin's mining difficulty jumped another 3.44 percent, hitting a new all-time high of 36.8 trillion hashes. Also on Monday, we heard a company called AGIA International, and it claims that it's going to sell 60 ultra-luxurious pavilions and villas. Where? Well, on the Fire Festival Island. That's also pretty degen, to be honest with you. That's kind of messed up. Anyway, these buildings will range in size from 1,000 to 6,500 square feet. You're going to need $10,000 just to get on the allow list to get the NFT to buy this property. These properties will be bought, sold, and owned by NFTs. How much are you going to pay for these properties? Anywhere from $1.5 to $5 million. Go on their website. Actually, they're kind of cool. They're kind of cool looking. The villa, overpriced. Everything else, expensive, but eh, they look like nice beach houses. And also on Monday, finally on Monday, we heard that Gavin Wood, the co-founder of Perry Technologies, the company behind Polkadot, he stepped down as the firm's CEO. The move is on Wood's own volition. And this is a trend. FTX.us's president stepped down. Celsius CEO Alex Musinski stepped down. Kraken co-founder Jesse Powell stepped down. CEO of MicroStrategy Michael Saylor stepped down. Genesis CEO Michael Morrow stepped down. Algorand CEO stepped down. 
Alameda Research co-CEO stepped down. And on Wednesday, BitMEX's CEO stepped down with immediate effect. What is going on? Again, I have my theories. I have my theories. Does anybody else have theories? Let me just remind you of my theories. My first conspiracy theory is that this is kind of like the whole Hollywood. There's a systemic issue within the industry that is stressing people out, that is bullying people, that is showing that these people cannot have happiness and mental health. And so they're leaving because something is wrong with the industry. And putting on my tinfoil hat, that's either what you have to do to make a buck, how you have to negotiate, how you have to deal with like this, I guess, high stress, probably pseudo legal transactions on the back end that just stress you out. That's understanding that the regulation is going to come in very heavy and you're like, oh, I don't want to be part of this and be the responsible person for this. I don't know, but these CEOs and presidents are leaving right now. Maybe it's just because in a down market and they're not saying, oh, I can't pay myself as much. I don't know. There's not much upside. Maybe their their bonuses or the pay is linked to some kind of performance or daily volumes or something. So like volumes down. So like, hey, it's not really worth it. There has to be something. There has to be some kind of theme across the industry. What do you think? Matthew and Crypto.co. Moving into Tuesday, ARK Investment, Kathy Woods, they bought another 10,880 shares of Coinbase, around $722,000 worth. They now have $61.2 million worth of Coinbase shares, which makes it 8% of their fund and making it the third largest asset in their portfolio. Just to let you guys know, on the news that Coinbase was trading securities or could be allegedly trading securities, ARK Investment sold a lot of their Coinbase stock. But now they're even back in. In some other Coinbase news on Tuesday, Coinbase will custody $1.6 billion worth of MakerDAO's USDC treasury with institutional grade service, allowing MakerDAO to have 1.5% rewards on the funds. Earlier this month, MakerDAO announced that it would invest $500 million in short-term U.S. treasury bonds. That makes this Coinbase move kind of interesting because it's another move towards centralization and centralized entities or assets, which Rune Christensen does not like. And also on Tuesday, we heard about the Metavertu. It's a Web3 phone that you can mint NFTs with a single click. It's from Virtu, obviously. Well, it's going to come with a carbon fiber finish. You're going to have to pay about $3,600 for that. But we know the listeners of this show, we don't buy cheap, cheap phones like $3,600 phones. No, we're going to get the Himalaya Alligator Skin phone for $41,000. You can start buying that November 3rd. On Wednesday, Singapore's financial watchdog, they proposed restrictions on the use of credit or leverage when trading cryptocurrencies for retail investors. Basically, they said many retail customers may not have sufficient knowledge of the risks of trading digital payment tokens or DPTs, which they call digital assets over there. Also on Wednesday, we heard that Senator Elizabeth Warren and New York Representative AOC, they're asking regulators to clarify the rules around ex-employees seeking jobs in the crypto industry. Look, the crypto industry has been lobbying Washington fiercely, just like any other company. And what they're trying to stop is that, look, these offices, these employees with the representative or the senator will work hand in hand or closely with these other industries, maybe have meetings with people in the industry, and they will help craft policy and regulations for these industries. And they're worried that after they craft these regulations or they work close with these companies, they get offered jobs for a very, very high salary because their connections and their ties into Washington. And then they go work in the industry and then start lobbying and making policies for these industries. And they're saying, well, now crypto's here. Do we have rules that govern this? Can they just go straight from the office into working in a crypto company? Or do they have to wait some time before they do that? We'll find out what the financial regulators say about that. 
Moving on to Thursday. Hong Kong is planning to put new rules in place that would make retail crypto trading legal in the city as part of its efforts to become the center of crypto. This is expected to take place and launch in March of next year, and it would put in place mandatory licensing for crypto platforms. The question is, is what does China, what does Beijing think about all this? And will companies be comfortable setting up shop with the risk of Beijing willy-nilly changing course and shutting down shop? And what I mean, Beijing will shut down shop. It's not, hey, you know what, we're going to transition away from this and there's going to be a cooling off period and, uh, you know, we're going to help you go find new homes. No, they're going to shut down shop. They'll probably declare it in the morning and you're going to be kicked out by the afternoon. So is there going to be confidence that people can set up shop and make Hong Kong the crypto hub that it once was? Also on Thursday, we heard that Meta's Reality Labs Metaverse division is losing a hell of a lot of money, $3.6 billion in the third quarter of 2022 alone. That's a billion dollars more from the same time last year. They've lost about $9.5 billion to date. Yet, Mark Zuckerberg says these are near-term pains for long-term gains. And I think the weirdest news of the week is this one. Equifax, if we all clearly remember, is one of the biggest data breaches in history. 150 million people were affected, where their social security numbers, their credit data, and all kinds of stuff was just taken, thrown on the internet. They were also ordered to pay a historic $700 million fine to settle this breach, which is really low considering that it only compensate people for this massive data breach, about four or five bucks. It's like, hey, Go, go have a beer on us. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, Equifax entered into an agreement with a privacy-focused cloud company, Oasis Labs, to develop an identity management know-your-customer product for Web3 startups, DeFi protocols, and NFT projects. So basically, Equifax, known for one of the largest data breaches in history, wants to control your data on Web3. And I say hell to the gnaw. Hell to the gnaw. And moving into Friday's news, Elon buys Twitter. Elon tweeted, There has been much speculation about why I bought Twitter and what I think about advertising. Most of it has been wrong. And in that tweet, he included some JPEGs of a statement that he released. And I'm about to read that for you. He said, I want to reach out personally to share my motivation in acquiring Twitter. There's been much speculation about why I bought Twitter and what I think about advertising. Most of it's been wrong. The reason I acquired Twitter is because it is important for the future of civilization to have a common digital town square where a wide range of beliefs can be debated in a healthy manner without resorting to violence. There is currently a great danger that social media will splinter into far right and far left wing echo chambers that generate more hate and divide in our society. In the relentless pursuit of clicks, much of the traditional media has fueled and created to those polarized extremes as they believe this is what brings in the money, but in doing so, The opportunity for dialogue is lost. That's why I bought Twitter. I didn't do it because it would be easy. I didn't do it because it would make more money. I did it because I tried to help humanity, whom I love. And I do so with humility, recognizing that failure in pursuing this goal, despite our best efforts, is a very real possibility. That said, Twitter cannot obviously become a free-for-all hellscape, where anything can be said with no consequences. In addition to adhering to the laws of our land, our platform must be warm and welcoming to all where you can choose your desired experience according to your preferences, just as you can choose, for example, to see a movie or play video games ranging from all ages to mature. I also believe that advertising, when done right, can delight, entertain, and inform you. 
It can show you a service or product or medical treatment that we would never knew existed but is right for you. For this to be true, it is essential to show Twitter users advertising that is as relevant as possible to their needs. Low relevancy ads are spam, but high relevant ads are actual content. Fundamentally, Twitter aspires to be the most respected advertising platform in the world that strengthens your brand and grows your enterprise. To everyone who has partnered with us, I thank you. Let us build something extraordinary together. And in just some personal comments, we heard Elon talk about Twitter multiple times. And he always related to this to his experience using WeChat in China. Now, WeChat is an old platform already. It came out maybe over a decade ago. And it is everything in one. And I've probably spoken about WeChat multiple times on this show, other shows, because it literally is the gateway into almost everything China. You tweet there, it's your social media, it's your advertising, it's your payment systems, it's your marketplace, it's your your brand, it's your store, it's how you can take payments for your brand or your store, it's everything, it's a POS all in one, you can buy your plane tickets, your subway tickets, you can order taxis with it, everything is done on WeChat. And he's often talked about, could we make Twitter like a WeChat experience but here in the U.S.? So I'm really excited to see what he decides to do with Twitter. Well, I can tell you one thing he did decide to do, though. He fired the CEO, Parag Agarwal, immediately. He fired the CFO, and he fired the head of policy. And this is the person who made the call to suspend Donald Trump permanently. He also fired Twitter's general counsel. There's also a lot of speculation of what they're going to do with the 7,500 employees in Twitter, which Elon Musk and a lot of people in the business world thinks is super overkill for what they produce. They have 7,500 employees. A lot of rumor says that Musk is going to take it down to about 2,000 while they rebuild. Now, as you probably know, as you probably guess, as you probably saw, not everybody is happy with this Musk takeover. For example, Lindy Lee, a political commentator, Joe Biden delegate, Princeton alumni class president, vegan and runner. This is what her Twitter bio says. She tweeted this just 10 hours ago. Elon Musk just fired the policy head who suspended Trump permanently. He also fired CEO, CFO, and head of legal policy, trust, and safety. Don't leave. It's exactly what right-wing nutjobs want. Don't cede this space to them without a fight. This is our effing town square, too. And if that sort of rage and sentiment isn't held by more of a poster child of of what people are saying is wrong with Twitter, I I don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) like a Princeton alum, vegan runner, Joe Biden delegate, like literally the left is going like, oh no, the right is taking over. And it's just kind of, it's literally the the, the echo chamber of conversation that we we are kind of sick of, right? Anyway, in more Twitter news, Twitter announced today that it'll let users buy, sell, and display NFTs directly through tweets in partnerships with four marketplaces. The integration, called NFT Tweet Tiles, display the artwork of an NFT in a dedicated panel within a tweet and includes the button to let users click through to marketplace listings. The marketplaces that they choose will span several blockchains, including Ethereum, Solano, Flow, Polygon, Tezos, and Immutable X. And and finally, in the Twitter news, we were all speculating, guessing if CZ Zhao will still give Elon Musk the half a billion dollars to help him buy Twitter. And, well, CZ Zhao tweeted this. We're excited to be able to help Elon realize a new vision for Twitter. 
We aim to play a role in bringing social media and Web3 together in order to broaden the use and application and adoption of crypto and blockchain technologies. And he also said, our intern says we wired $500 million two days ago. Okay, so <clears throat> we do have confirmation that CZ gave Elon $500 million, but he didn't know until two days later. And his intern wired $500 million? Anyway, I just thought that was that was a bizarre tweet from CZ that he's just like, I guess our intern just sent a half a billion dollars somewhere. <laughs> Moving into some more Friday news, Ethereum co-founder of Vitalik Buterin tees up three reasons why crypto beats gold. And I just have a slight editorial criticism with this article. I really hate, now this is just not the crypt, but anybody who writes three reasons or five reasons or ten reasons and they bury those reasons within text and not just give you a numbered list. I really absolutely hate that. I hate it. Just take out the reasons and put a one, two, and three because when I'm reading the article, I want to see one, two, and three reason. Anyway, I will read this for you now. So what are Vitalik's reasons? Okay, well, gold is incredibly inconvenient. It's difficult to use when transacting with untrusted parties. It doesn't support safe storage options like multi-sig. And at this point, Gold has less adoption than crypto, so crypto is the better bet. This is an interesting news. Google is launching a cloud-based node engine for Ethereum developers and projects. They're going to call this service Blockchain Node Engine. Google's offering a fully managed service, meaning customers won't have to hire their own teams to maintain or monitor the nodes. Instead, Google says it will actively monitor the nodes and restart them if anything goes wrong. Google says its nodes will also exist behind the VPC firewall, which allows its users to customize the kind of permissions they want. Customers can also choose where their nodes are geographically deployed, which is the cloud. We actually spoke about this the other day with the Cloud Act that the Congress passed back in the, I think it was 2018. Anyway, while Google is not only supporting Ethereum nodes, it wants to support other nodes and have Node Engine be that service for those nodes as well. And finally, I have some quickies for you. I, there's a lot of news today, but I just wanted to let you know what's out there so you can deep dive. Links are in the show notes. Institutions are still bullish on crypto, Fidelity Survey says. The investment giant says 74% of institutional investors plan to buy crypto in the future. Telegram launches a user name auction using Ton blockchain. Users of Telegram can bid on rare handles or sell their own. Bitcoin miner core specific stock plunged 70%. The company could soon run out of money by the end of the year, or even sooner, it said to its shareholders. Teleport is a company that plans to build a decentralized Uber rival on Solana. They raised $9 million to do so. And finally, FTX teases native stablecoin launch in not-so-distant future. The CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried, said collaborating on stablecoins with other firms could be really powerful. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. I'll be back on Monday. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.